Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where you'll receive a boost of inspiration, practical advice, and tools to maximize your success and personal happiness. And that's not all. You'll also get plenty of guidance on how you can use your gifts, talents, and compassion to contribute towards making the world a better place. Be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter for a preview of what's in store and to also receive a free ebook. To sign up, simply visit www.thedreamcatch.com. Now it's my pleasure to introduce you to the host of the Dreamcatcher podcast, Celine Chinoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dreamcatcher podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. Too many of us are living our life on autopilot, sleepwalking through it with no purpose or direction. But what if it didn't have to be that way? What if we could take control of our lives and live out our days more consciously? According to my guest, Noor Hibbert, we all have the power to live every single day with intention and design a life that we absolutely love. When we tap into this power, we'll see that life is for the making and the taking. Noor Hibbert is a life and business coach, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker. She's the founder of This Is Your Dream, where she helps people transform their mindset, master manifestation, build their business, and live their best life. She has built a seven-figure business while raising three small children, and she credits it to her embarking on a spiritual journey. During our conversation, Noor will offer advice on how to retrain our brain to overcome negative beliefs and align our thoughts with the life that we want to create. We'll also talk about the role of manifestation in creating success and manifestation tools that we can use. And if you like what you heard, please don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thanks. Hi, Noor. How are you doing today? I'm brilliant. Thank you so much, Selena. Well, it is so lovely to connect with you today to talk about your brand new book, You Live Only Once. Um, and I just have to say that this book is so well written. And I love how in depth you go into um, different aspects of the mind and the spirit and make it also relatable with your own stories. So great job with that. Oh, thank you. Okay, so um, Noor, it seems like your journey um, inspired a lot of the themes that you cover in the book. So why don't we start with you telling us about your story and how it influenced you and your career? Amazing, of course. So, gosh, oh, how, how, how would you share 36 years of story in a short amount of time? But I'm going to give it my absolute best shot. Um, so I do apologize. I do sometimes swear. So <laughs> it just happens as anyone that reads my books knows I do like to swear. So yes. if I do swear, apologies in advance. Um, That's all but, right. Um, so my story started, I, I, like every other child had big dreams of what I wanted to do with my life. And for me, I wanted to go into some level of performance. I wanted to perform. That was what I knew I wanted to do. And, um, as I went through school and academia, it soon became very clear that my dreams were going to be quashed, um, that I had to try and subscribe to a way of life that everyone else was living, which was 
go get a comfortable job, go get a secure salary, go get something that's sensible. Um, I actually went to um, um, audition for theatre school when I was 16. And my parents said, you know, you need a backup plan. So it was kind of always this theme throughout my life growing up, which was um, don't you know, your dreams are probably not going to work. So uh, maybe go for something different. Um, And as a child, I always felt like an outsider. I always felt like I never really quite fit in anywhere. And and I find that actually a lot of people who end up being, um, you know, coaches and healers and light workers and, you know, work in this kind of world tend to have always felt sort of the similar feeling of, yep, yep. You yeah. felt that you were outside really, looking yes. in. Yeah, you can. You, yes. Yeah, you're kind yes. of outside looking in. And for me, as a young child, I remember thinking these really big esoteric questions like, what is the point of human life? Like, why are we here? When does the world end? All of these questions and no one could give me answers. And so I, it was always something that fascinated me. But because I was on a perpetual quest to fit in and be normal and be average and be light, I never really entertained any of those questions. I just wanted to do what everyone else did um, and carry on through life. And um, when I was about 16 years old, no, when I, yeah, 16 years old, um, I got diagnosed with depression. I was really, really uh, unhappy. Uh, by the time I was 19, I was suffering with anxiety. And I really genuinely felt like life had given me the short straw, that somehow I was born unlucky, that I was cursed that things were never going to work for me. And this was just the way that life was going to be. And it wasn't until I became um, a mother that everything started to shift for me. And I started to have a deeper desire to really change what was going on internally because I had gone to doctors, I had gone to therapists, I'd gone to counselors. And I did not, I, I couldn't find a way out from feeling the way that I did, that I was lost in life, that I felt anxious. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know what I was meant to, really what I was meant to be doing. And, you know, I was a smart person. I'd got a good education. I'd done everything that I was, you know, in inverted commas, supposed to do. Yeah. And yet here you I You did was, everything that was, uh, you were supposed to do on paper, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I, I followed the book. I went to school. I got good grades. I went to university. Yeah. I... I mean, you know, I got through university, I spent most of the time drinking and having fun. But the point being is that I thought I'd have my shit together. I thought I'd know what I was meant to do next. And when I became a mother, I was actually at that point and then had no job, no clue what I was doing. Um, but just a fire in my belly, like a desire, like knowing this, like I want to create something. I want to be free. I want to be with my children. And that really set me off on this path of reconnection, a path of understanding what spirituality was. And can I caveat by saying, even the word meditation made me cringe at this point. A lot of people feel that way. Yeah. It's like you kind of imagine spiritual people being like wearing bamboo trousers and having hair (laughs) on pits and dancing, you know, (laughs) by the moonlight. Um, But for me... um, when I was in 2015, which was seven years ago, um, I, I found a mentor who explained this connection with this unit, the universe in a way that really, really resonated with me and it landed with me. And that was the beginning of the rest of my life and, um, and starting to understand what really was my purpose and understanding that 
you true, truly do only live once. That's the title of my book. You only live once. Um, and how can we find our unique purpose? Because from that day onwards, I went from someone who suffered from anxiety, didn't know what she wanted to do with her life, completely lost to following a path, a guided path, should I say, to uh, creating my own business, to generating now, um, you know, multi-millions in my business and to being able to serve and impact people on a really large scale, you know, manifesting book deals, work with celebrity clients, doing things that once upon a time were merely a thought and a wish and a dream in my head. Um, and so that's kind of the very condensed version of my yeah, story. Yeah, but you did a great job. Book, you did a great in, job with oh, thank you. In my summarizing book, that. Obviously- <laughs> uh, and a brilliant story, brilliant story. And I, I'm curious to know about that hunger that you felt, that, that burning desire as you described it. What was that? Because according to you, like a lot of people, either they they don't have that or they don't really pay attention to it. And Mm. you actually describe them as humanoids. Um, So tell us about that. What was that hunger and why is it that a lot of people either ignore it or they just don't have it? Okay, amazing. Well, from childhood, we become conditioned. We become programmed to be the human that we have witnessed. Mm -hmm. So the experiences that we have seen, heard and experienced as, um, sorry, the events and scenarios that we've seen, heard and experienced as children create a software programming for how we then run through through our adult life. And all of the stories we tell ourselves and all the meanings and the beliefs that we have around success around money around relationships around wealth health all of that stuff are all have all been formulated in those years between sort of the ages of zero and eight years old mm-hmm. and um through that conditioning i believe almost a switch gets pressed in us humans and it turns us off mm-hmm. it turns us off from truly listening to what we want out of our life, to truly believing that it's possible, to being conditioned to believe that the way of life is what everyone else is doing. And what I call, you know, humanoid behavior, eat, sleep, shit, repeat, you know, (laughs) save for a pension, maybe go on a cruise and die. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, unfortunately, the majority of humans are humanoids and I'm not saying that they don't have feelings or they you know act like robots but they are running off programming that is keeping them small that is stopping them from going for their dreams that is keeping them in a space of lack limitation and fear and until we flip that switch the other way and wake people up and they go oh my god reboot reboot um, and that's that connection back to spirit that connection what I call spirituality is that connection back to who you truly are your soul self people get stuck being these these humanoids and so therefore they, they don't they don't listen to their desires anymore they can't touch base with their desires they don't even have a vision for life because they never sit down to think about what their vision for life is and it's not their fault it's just not what we're taught at school exactly. it's not what we're taught as teenagers yeah. we're just not taught it yeah. Um, so yeah. And it's easier to go with the flow, you know, because it, it, it takes extra effort to actually 
do your own thing and to kind of break away from tradition or, or you know, whatever the, the, the path that has already been established um, you know, by your peers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, completely. It really is. It's like invisible handcuffs and you feel like you can't take them off. But mm. the reality is, is we can, but it's definitely not a process that can be done overnight. And it's not a process that, you know, you can take your fingers and make a decision. Yeah, it starts with a decision to change yes. your life. It just starts with a decision. But unfortunately, because we are programmed to behave in a certain way, we have to undo that programming, unlearn those behaviors, those habits, those attitudes, and recreate our identity, recreate our personality, which then reflects our personal reality and the movie of our life. Right. And how do people begin to do that? I know you offered a lot of tools in the book, but if you could pick one or two that you can start with, what would they be? Um, I mean, absolutely. I think my number one would be something like hypnosis because the beauty of hypnosis is that it enables you to reprogram your mind without willpower. You can literally lie down and allow hypnotherapists or allow hypnosis to um, communicate with your subconscious mind in order to be able to create those new uh, pathways, those new neural pathways in your brain. And this is where this whole new genre of neuroplasticity, which over the last 100 years has really emerged. And yeah. basically, historically, people believed our mindset was set, that yes. we couldn't change. And that's so depressing, um, right? Can you imagine just thinking yeah. that? I know, it's have completely. It any other way. Yeah. Um, but now we've come to realize and learn that actually that's not true, that our brain is made up of trillions of connections and neural highways. And actually, um, through repetition and, 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 and new learning, we can start to create those new pathways. So yeah, it's it's really exciting actually to know that the person that you were last year does not need to be the person that you are next year at all. And that your past self will not be the version of you that will get you to your future. You know, you have to start carving out that new identity. Right. And what about taking action? Do you think that, like, how do people take the first steps? If they do, if they feel stuck. What can they do to begin building that momentum? Okay. So the steps that I really teach is the manifesting method, which right. is for me, um, five steps that really take people on a journey. And it always starts with what is the vision? Where is the compass? Where are you going? Mm-hmm. Taking time to sit down and ask yourself, what do I truly want? Or in fact, what do I not want anymore if you don't know what you do want? And then using that as a guide to then be able to flip to the opposite and give an indicator of what you do want. For example, I don't want to work nine to five. What would be the opposite of that for you? And so if you don't know what the vision is, start with what you don't like, flip it over and use that as the kind of guiding uh, posts. Um, the next step is really recognizing and understanding what is the but below that? Okay, so oh, yeah, I want to go and create this freedom life, but that's not possible for me. But that can't be done. But I'm not clever enough, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Start to pull out what are those beliefs that have been governing the programming that is guiding who you are and how you're acting as an adult and therefore creating the outcomes in your life in the physical world. Step three is then using tools like hypnosis, meditations, affirmations, um, you know, all to deal with the subconscious mind, right? Exactly. To deal with yeah. the subconscious mind, to reprogram 
and create that new identity that's in alignment with your future self. Because the reason people struggle with manifesting their dream life is because their conscious desires and their subconscious belief systems are in conflict. So we need to get them back yes. in alignment. You call it the paradox of manifestation, right? Because that was going to be my next question. Like, you know, yeah. what what is the paradox of manifestation and why does it prevent us from, you know, getting what we well, want? One, yeah. Well, actually, one of the paradoxes I actually refer to is holding a vision but then letting go. So yes. how do you hold on to the vision of your life but then detach from the outcome? And that's the biggest paradox is how, what, what do you mean I've got to keep a vision but actually I need to let go? And actually... Um, that comes from unwavering faith. So step four of the manifesting method is actually tuning into Universe FM, which is essentially vibrationally aligning with the future version of yourself. And that involves a hell of a lot of faith. Because when we have an, when we have faith, we are operating from a, a belief that we know that we're supported, that we're going to get to where we want to get to. And that in itself increases our vibration. And of course, the law of attraction states that like attracts light. We've got to mm-hmm. be in vibrational match with that which we want to call in. And then um, step five is taking the physical action in the world. See, a lot of people will go straight to step five and start changing their physical reality, thinking that it's going to actually make the difference internally to them but it doesn't work that way it doesn't we work, can't right? yeah it's like it's like if you if you go to a computer and type out a word document and print it out and you've got that document in front of you and you try to change the typing you can't do that once it's printed out it's typed out that's like trying to change your external circumstances only from the external world We've got mm-hmm. to change our external circumstances from the internal world first. We've got to go to the software, change the typing on the Word exactly. document, then print it out. Um, but taking action in the physical world is one of the pieces that so many people get wrong because books like The Secret say, think positive thoughts and, you know, magic will happen and things will appear. Yeah, I, n- I never liked that book. I'm so glad yeah, you mentioned it. Well, that. Yeah, I think, I think the book deserves credit where credit is due. Right. People became more aware. Yeah, it brought a lot more awareness to the law. It brought it to the mainstream. It made people aware. It helps people be more positive, but it misses fundamental pieces, which is why I go into depth in my books, just so I can do it in You Only Live Once, of all those pieces and why they really matter. And taking action in the physical world is something you should do, but only after you've done the first four steps. Why? Because then you will be guided to take the right action, the inspired action, the guided action, rather than just going do, 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 do in, in the physical world and not mm-hmm. get the results that you want. You're so right. Um, and getting back to the whole process of letting go of a desire once we envision it, once we know that yes. it's something that we want to pursue. What advice do you have for people who are really attached to the outcome and you know they have their heart involved in it they really really want to see it happen they really want to manifest it in reality how can they detach so this is so interesting i think it's really important that you do have a burning desire and being you know being focused on a vision is different from being attached and what that means is that when you make the outcome mean something about you and when you try to force the outcome to happen um, and you go into a state of, where is it? Why is it not happening? 
You have dropped out of universe FM. You are dropped out of alignment. You have dropped out of flow. And essentially what you've done is thrown a big, massive turd or, you know, the shit in the pathway of getting to where you want to go. You've thrown obstacles there because flow comes from faith. And when you question the outcome happening, it means that you're doubting the faith. And the way that I analogy that I like to use is when you go into a restaurant and you order a meal, you don't order a meal meal, and then this whole time sit there thinking, oh my gosh, is my meal going to come? Will, you know, I've ordered the burger and chips. Will it come? Will the way to bring it? Oh my gosh. And sit there worrying the whole time until your meal arrives. You sit there, you have a glass of wine, you chat to your friends, whoever you're with, you're, you're enjoying it. You're waiting for your food. You know, with full expectation of faith, you've done so you gotta have that. it's going to come. Yeah, you got to have that level of faith because, you know, in in the real world, like supposing you you applied for a job or uh, and you're waiting to hear back from the employer or went on a first date and you're waiting for him to text you, you know, during times like that, that's when. um, Yeah, that's when it's hard. Yeah, it becomes really hard. And actually, in those moments, the best way is distraction. Um, You know, and Abraham Hicks talks about this a lot is shift your focus off that go and focus on something else. You know, there's lots of different things that we can do to, to shift our, our, our attention. And where I, when our attention is on what has not happened, mm-hmm. we're stopping it from coming. So, so divert your attention. Go to do something like a gratitude rampage. Sit down and write down all the things you're grateful for. Go for a walk, meditate, but whatever you do, switch off those egos. Have thoughts. a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go off and... And enjoy yourself and stop focusing on the outcome and have fun in the process of yes. manifesting what you want. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great advice. Um, and what is the techniques you really um, you really recommend in the book is uh, daydreaming and using your imagination. Uh, you say that it's a very powerful way to create success and become the most aligned uh, and joyful version of ourselves. So tell us more about that. How can we use daydreaming and our imagination in creating the future we want? Well, our imagination is a faculty that only us, our our species have. And it really, truly is a a powerful, powerful uh, piece of machinery in our own minds. And it's underused. Most of us use our imagination to worry about the future instead of create our future. So true. So true. And so if we can use our imagination in a more positive way for creation um, and we can utilize, you know, that amazing tool to sit down and visualize and daydream and go into that, um, go into that future, we start to train our brain and our subconscious to go and actually make that happen. We, we you know, we, we set the cogs off of the universal cogs that go off to create that. So, you know, I always say, um, Spend a few minutes a day, put some music on and just allow yourself to bask in the deliciousness of the future. Allow yourself to daydream, allow yourself to see who you want to be, what, what you want to achieve, because that starts to um, create the reality of the physical world. Okay. And is it, and is it something that's worked for you, your own life? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yes. And it's so funny because I, I, I think I accidentally, um, when I shared this in my book, sort of growing up um you know I never really thought that highly of myself right and so whenever I came across a guy that I thought well god he's quite you know quite cute I would literally because I never thought I'd ever have a chance and I'd honestly spend 
so many hours just daydreaming about this person. And it was always so strange. I'd always end up somehow, you know, you know, having a cheeky kiss with the person or meeting him <laughs> or going on a, or going on a date. And yes. sometimes it never worked out well, by the way, the daydreams are often way better than the reality. But I realized that, that because I spent so much time daydreaming and really just imagining all of these scenarios that would happen, I was actually inadvertently attracting this person to me. And by the way, can I just caveat this by saying that this only works if the other person has a level of interest in you, which obviously I thought so low myself. You know, yes. I, if I sat there daydreaming about David Beckham, like it's not going to fucking happen, okay? By <laughs> um, daydream about whatever, it's not going to happen because they never met me. They don't know I exist, okay? It might happen yeah. for the odd person on this planet. I think I read once that Katie Holmes, before she, you know, when she was married to Tom Cruise. She, she married like, Tom Cruise, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So listen, but, the way that her life worked was that she ended up in situations where she met him. For most of us, we're not going to meet celebrities, you know, LA celebrities yeah. who are living in LA. Or if you can't, like, do something to increase your odds. Like, yeah, if you really do, want to. Yeah. yeah. If, that's, if, that's, if that's what you really want. but Join the film industry. Like, be in their vicinity. Because I know some, yeah. some celebrities end up with, like, the cameraman or the Julia Roberts married a cameraman, I, I think. So, that's you know. That's so funny. Just saying. So, yeah. Just saying. Yeah, no, just saying, yeah. Put the work in if you want it. But the reality is, is that, um, you can't control someone else's will or their fate. So there Mm -hmm. has to be some level of like divine attraction. And I truly believe that, you know, the reason that I felt attracted to those people is because on some energetic level, there was a mutual attraction, even if I didn't believe it or see it or feel it myself. That's why when I daydreamed it, you know, the, it brought us together often never works you know so um but the point being is that but there was a lesson there, there was a there lesson, was a lesson. Which, yes absolutely absolutely well Nora, thank you so much for th- taking the time to be here i know that you're taking care of a newborn and i'm sure that you have your hands full right now yeah yeah i've got four kids actually i've got two of them here today so um yeah yeah, i've got them but thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share um you know my books and you know my little wisdom with your lovely listeners of course of course and i just want to quickly mention Noor hibbert's new book you only live once find your purpose reclaim your power and make life count is now available in all major bookstores and it's also available on uh, Noor's website this is your dream.com all right Noor, i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and you take care take care bye hey everyone thanks for tuning in if you enjoyed what you just heard please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.